Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint, left, G, U, corner, half back, flat, on two, ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Hey, Brock. Hello, Danny. Be positive. Be positive. Be positive. Is that is that your mantra to me, or is that your mantra for yourself? That's my own self-talk for the last hour. (laughs) Since I dropped the kids off, just doing some planning, some preparation, getting ready for our our Blue 42 on this Monday. Be positive. Be positive. Find the positive. Silver linings. Preseason. Be positive. Our training camp coverage presented by Precore Home Fitness. All right, Brock. Tell me what was positive about a 30-3 to boat race. Be positive. Be positive. Be positive. Give me something positive. <laughs> Come on, Brock. Uh, our R- kicker. R- Rasheem Green. Our oh, kicker's kicker. pretty darn good, man. Oh, you like Jason Myers? He's perfect. Perfect Myers. <laughs> Rasheem Green played hard. He played hard against. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah he played uh, hard. See, when you say that's that's like the old Holmgren. When Holmgren would say, bless his heart, you knew that heart. what was coming was, hey, I, I really like him. I don't think this is effort. Like, this is mm-hmm. a lack of freaking talent. Yeah, Lost bless your issues. heart. Bless your heart for trying to scramble there, Brock. Bless your heart. But you can't really do that. <laughs> Ooh, it was tough, man. It was, it, it was, that, was a, that was a tough, tough watch. And for the first time not doing preseason games in, I think, six or seven years for me, I'm like, wow, these are, this, is, this is some heavy, heavy lifting feels like fourth preseason game kind of stuff and obviously magoo struggled and he turned it over three times and cheapers creepers it was i don't care about him though right like i'm worried i'm more you know what here's what i'm worried about brock is there a drop-off in talent is there is does this team lack the depth that it used to have that it used to be when you went to your twos and threes they were better than they are now it's pretty easy to just look at the overall bottom line, Danny, and say, yeah, that's the way it used to be. I think I even tweeted that uh, last week when I was negative and negative and negative and negative. And, you know, it was players 25 through or 35 through 53 on this roster that you remember, you know, in the early days, in the first five, six years. Those guys that would get cut and they would go get picked up and they'd start other places. I, I don't I don't see that. I don't see that happening. And in fact, I think there's some position groups that you're gonna you're gonna have to look at cut down day very specifically and say, man, of our 35 through 53, how many guys getting cut from other programs are better than than our guys sitting there in that spot? And I think there's there's a handful. I think that DB room is is still concerning to me. Cornerback room, I think linebacker depth. Ben Burkirvan, obviously, you know, is that been official? I saw John Ursua was official with his ACL. That looked really bad for Ben. Um, so does that mean K.J. Wright has to come back into this fold at the linebacking crew? You know, just the, just the the playmaking, just defensively. Make a play on the ball. Even Positive Pete, you know, had kind of referenced that at the end of last week, that, man, going into game two, we need to be able to, we need to, be able to attack the football, take away the ball, you know, force other teams into mistakes and into errors. And what did the Broncos have? One penalty? They didn't, they didn't give the ball away. They made it look pretty easy again, just unfortunately, as Peterman did the week before. So, trying to be trying to be positive, but man, it was it was hard to glean much positive from that game at home. Question two: Stone Forsyth was a little better. There you go. Stone was a little bit better. <laughs> Sneak that How about in. DJ Dallas? DJ Dallas did some nice things in the return game. Catches All the right. ball well. A little concern when Pete's comment after the game was Russ loves him. Well, do you love him? <laughs> I know Russ loves him, but, 
But what are you going to do? And how is that running back room going to all sort itself out and fit? Yeah, man, there's a lot of questions. I'm sorry, Bump. Go ahead. Question two. All good. Love it. All right, Brock, I'm going across the league. I got a quarterback here, so I'm going to ask a quarterback question. There's yep. a lot of rookie quarterbacks out there getting their feet wet. I feel like this was a great quarterback class. You got Trey Lance, who went 8 for 14, 102 yards, two touchdowns this weekend. Zach Wilson, 9 for 11, 128 yards, two touchdowns this weekend. Mac Jones, 13 of 19, 146 yards. Lawrence plays tonight. Mm-hmm. Which one of these guys do you like the most so far? I think Zach Wilson has, has impressed me the most, both on and off the field. And, I, and he's probably the one bump that I would have thought, uh, I don't know. And I know there's going to be some bumps in the road in New York City under those lights and preseason against backups. This is the easiest it's ever been for these rookie quarterbacks. Right, you're seeing twos and threes, and, and for for those guys and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones that played at big time colleges, played in playoff games. I don't think the speed of these preseason games with the twos and threes is anything really terribly different than what they've already played, and that's why I think the comfort level has been been pretty solid for them. I would say, in watching a little bit of Trey Lance last night, like, oh, go ahead, San Fran, if you want to start him. There's going to be there's going to be a, a learning curve to climb. The end stat line looked pretty good. The first ugh, three four series pick and not throwing it and kind of hesitant and not pulling the trigger against backups and twos and threes. Life's going to speed up for him really fast if he's the number one. So I would save everybody bump uh, the the ease of the uh, of which you know Zach Wilson throws it and what and how he's seeing it and even some of his comments that I've enjoyed in his press conferences of hey man practice is a time where I, I've got to learn what I can and cannot do at this level and and what window is open and what window is closed and how quickly those windows close and really the preparation in it he's been he's been pretty solid the first two weeks out now Brock I know you got an arm I've seen you throw that thing that lefty all that leverage six six frame it looks good have you ever had a receiver tell you that you're throwing the ball too hard. And is there such thing? Me, I, I like it. <laughs> Throw it hard, get it to me quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, not not in games, but in warm-ups, they're like, bro, can you take it down about four notches? <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and actually, before my very first start in the NFL, I don't know if Danny remembers this, but Derek Mays, great receiver, incredible hands. Duck-footed, couldn't bench 225 once and ran a five-flat. But that guy could catch a football and knew how to play the game. It was just a terrific teammate. And in warm-ups, before my first start in Carolina, threw him a little, like, basic inside, I don't know, 12, 15-yard in cut right from the slot bump. And, and it just kind of caught his finger wrong. And uh, I thought, oh, maybe he just jammed his finger. He went in and actually tore the tip of his finger off. And they had to sew it back on. Mm. And uh, he wanted to come back and play, and there's a big brouhaha and fight on the sidelines. That was not good. Uh, my first start, all in all, not good. <laughs> Maybe that was a harbinger of, of things to come, that it wasn't going to be pleasant. But, yeah, in warm-ups, I heard it a few times. Certainly not in games. Guys want that ball on them. They want it on them fast. The faster it can get there and they can, you know, see what's in front of them as a wide receiver, I think that's helpful. But in practice, every once in a while, turn it down a notch. So these about- all these people... All these people saying Trey Lance is throwing the ball too hard during the game. Need to chill. We 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 want we want the ball in our hands as quickly as possible. Well, I think a little check down now. I think feathering in. You know, when you're talking receivers, that's one thing. When you're talking running backs, uh, that's another. Right? With those running backs, those guys don't have the hands the wide receivers do. I never felt like, ooh, I gotta I gotta really take something off a shallow cross to a wide receiver or whatever. To running backs now, you, you, your ball placement's important. And really important that you don't throw it a million miles an hour on checkdowns to those guys. So I think there's some validity with that. 
of just learning a little bit of touch to tight ends and running backs underneath. But when it comes to wide receivers, especially at the pro level, as you said, Bump, man, those guys have usually amazing hands and want that ball sooner than later. Brock, what about the time in Miami when you had a drunk fellow who you convinced you were right-handed and then oh, said you yeah. just try one left-handed? Did yeah. you throw it too hard for that fellow's <laughs> no. taste? No, that bump's probably one of the highlights of my throwing career. <laughs> Marino, it, for, yeah, Larry for, Izzo, we go to the beach. I think it was my wife and I. Damon flew us down there. He's playing for the Dolphins. And uh, we're out on the beach trying to enjoy a nice time. And this drunkard, just this 20-something just drunk tool, comes and he's making a scene and he's stealing people's <laughs> drinks and, and he sees a football. And he's like, oh, you want to play catch? I was like, yeah, sure. So I picked it up and I started throwing it right-handed to him. And he's kind of laughing. You can't throw. And I'm like, oh, let me try a lefty. And I zinged it at his nipples as hard as I could. <laughs> and, and it ricocheted off of him. It tattooed him. Everyone laughing at him. He walks off. I get a standing ovation. <laughs> now, that right there, one of the one of the highlights of my throwing career. Do you think it left a mark? Oh yeah. Oh, I threw it hard. We we're about ten yards apart. I'm I'm glad though. I'm fortunate that my aim, I didn't aim at the face because it could have yeah, just destroyed yeah. his. It could have broke his teeth and nose, and could have been a lawsuit. No, you just give it. You just gave, gave it to him on his nipples. I gave him a third nipple, a little tattoo right between the two. <laughs> Question three. Brock's so nice. I love those little moments when, 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 a, when a little bit, a little bit comes out. A little, little, little bit of that comes out. <laughs> uh, all right, Brock. Questions that remain unanswered. What's your biggest question for the Seahawks team? Because we talked about Trey Lance uncertainties that other teams have. Is there a starting spot that you feel is still up for grabs? I think an uncertainty is still the unsettledness of your left tackle. Like that, that is, that is a legitimate in, in the guys even behind Dwayne that you would count on have been banged up and have been limited. So I think making sure you solidify one of the most important positions and one of the most important players on your team. And I know that is top of mind with the quarterback and, and he didn't run the team, but that one is, is, is a big deal. I think wide receiver depth is another one and and what is that going to look like and how is that all going to take shape and i know uh, d is working with russ before practice but how quickly are they truly on the same page and you know these little option routes and these little things that that you know you know shane waldron wants to do that you've seen him do that you've seen shanahan and mcveigh and that ram system you know really utilize cooper cup and and inside those slots so making sure that's on the same page and then lastly you know is there a trade to be made a corner I think this team is a corner short, especially in this league that you've got to cover, in this division that you've got to cover. I, you know, is there, a, is there a possible move between now? Because this is the window that we have seen John Schneider make those moves, right? Make those trades, send a fourth rounder, send a fifth rounder, send a third rounder. I don't think you're going to give up a first rounder for Stephon Gilmore, and I don't even know if he's on the table. But is there a, a move to be made for another legitimate corner that can take the ball away because man that is uh, to me the most glaring glaring need for this roster right now that's one of the spots that i'm pretty confident in john schneider yes like if you if you said like two things that john schneider does exceptionally well when it comes to player acquisition 
If you need a run-stuffing defensive tackle and you give him $2 million, he's going to find a guy that's really good at that. Agreed. That's probably been number one for 12 years. Yep. Tony McDaniel, a top mm-hmm. room, and just that kind of that, hey, he's not going not gonna to win a lot of attention, but you want a guy to plug the run, and he, he'll do it at a, at a very reasonable price where you're going to feel like that guy. And the other one is go trade for a corner that somebody else is going to cut, Justin mm-hmm. Coleman. Yep. Quandre Diggs falls into that. I yep. mean, Diggs was... Diggs was out there for anybody. They gave him a fifth round pick for him. He made a Pro Bowl last year. Correct. DBs, Top DBs, player in the league. yeah, DBs and trades. John's really good at. Yep. Well, you know, and they've got their they're they're on the speed dial to everybody. They're watching all of these games. I guess that's the one positive that you can take. I saw Gil Brandt. God bless Gil Brandt. Saw him at the Hall of Fame. That guy's is he a hundred years old now? It's unbelievable. But he yeah. tweeted and, and, and said, you know, if, golly, these preseason games are, are a really rough product. And, you know, if you're going to just play twos and threes, then just practice and do away with them. And obviously owners are not going to do that because of the ticket sales. And, you know, I think they even sold, what, 68,000 Saturday night in Seattle as far as the sold tickets. So they're not going to give up that gate and that revenue. But I guess the positive is if you do want to see twos and threes, you're getting a lot of looks at them in preseason here. <laughs> you know, if you're truly a scout and you want to find that diamond in the rough and you're watching this tape and college seasons were cut a little bit short last year. But, you know, here's some some good reps some some good work around the league. If, if you do need to, to make that acquisition and I'd be pretty surprised, Danny and Bump. Uh, before they set this roster week one, if there is not a trade for just a, uh, I think, a legitimate corner that this roster needs. He is Brock Heward. He joins us every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday for Blue 42-hour training camp coverage brought to you by Precore Home Fitness. Brock, thank you so much, and especially for the story about that young uh, man's third nipple (laughs) that you provided. Yep, you got it. Go Mariners. Take these from the A's. Let's get back to a game back, and let's go. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Thank you very much, Brock. See you, Brock.